0: Welcome to the One Stiletto in the Grey podcast with your hosts, Sunny Ormond and
1: Jane James. Well, hello, lovely listeners. We have a truly memorable show for you today. Lillian's all a flutter. And why could this be? Well... Think Costa Rica, think prison tags, think tigers. Are you there yet? Yes, our guest today is none other than the bad boy of Borsetshire, the artful Dodger of Ambridge, the love of Lillian's life, the man behind the voice of Matt Crawford, actor Kim Durham. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. Are you ready to cast off those dull old blacks and greys and embrace colour? Kettlewell sells high-quality wardrobe essentials in more than 300 colours. From everyday basics to jackets, skirts, dresses and scarves, each Kettlewell style comes in a range of colours in four seasonal palettes, so you can choose the exact shade for your skin tone. And when you wear your perfect shade, your skin looks fresh, glowing and youthful. We're ready to embrace the rainbow. Are you? Visit Kettlewell at www.kettlewellcolours.co.uk
2: Kim, Sonny and I are thrilled to have you as our guest today. I think Lillian is a little bit overcome.
0: Hello, Pussycat. I've done that wrong, you know. I was told this when I came back after being away in Costa Rica or wherever for a long time. I just had one line, which was, hello, pussycat," And I kept saying, hello, pussycat. And they said, oh, no, that's wrong. It's it's two syllables, not three. So uh, I'll do it again. Yeah. Hello, pussycat.
2: <gasps> You've just <laughs> thrilled all the Archers listeners out there, Kim. Oh, not half. Hello, tiger. <laughs> well,
1: this is so, exciting. It's so thrilling. It's so thrilling. It's great. Oh, thank you so much for coming on um, to the show, uh, Kim. Really thrilled. Now, look, we're going to talk lots about Matt and Lillian and Arches and things like that. But before we do that, um we just chat a little bit about pre-actory things that you did? Because didn't you train as a teacher?
0: I did. did I you did. you teach
1: for a bit? Um, yeah, because I only discovered
0: an interest in acting when I was at teacher training college we didn't do anything mm. like that I I did science A-levels and I wasn't allowed to be in the school play because of that um, so um, I discovered acting at teacher training college then I did actually apply or can I dare I say this I applied for Bristol Old Vic Theatre School and didn't did get in um, oh, well. <laughs> and, and one or two other places and then I became a teacher for a few years um, and couldn't really give up the bug. So we sort of formed our own little theatre company and then eventually I joined a fringe company, got me equity card and uh, that was it. And, you know, like all actors, you have to have another thing that you fall back on to earn some money. And I used to do a bit of supply teaching when I wasn't acting as well. Yeah.
2: What did you teach then, Ken? Well,
0: I taught primary initially, okay. so you teach everything. And then when I did supply... I did secondary. And of course, you cover everything pretty much. Um, I even finished up at one school teaching A-level history, not having O-level history myself. <laughs> and actually, it was the best teaching I ever did, I think, because I was always just one week ahead and really um, enthused about what I'd just learned.
2: Oh, Fantastic.
1: Now, am I am I right in thinking that one of your first jobs was, was you were touring Europe and the UK, and, and and didn't you do one of your first gigs in a dope club in Amsterdam? Oh, my
0: very first gig was my it? very first gig at the Melkweg in Amsterdam, <laughs> um, uh, where the audience sat on this vast kind of auditorium cushion, mm-hmm. and were all high. So it was a comedy, that but was they fortunate. laughed in the most random places.
1: <laughs> I was going to say it would be fortunate then if it was a comedy, but not if they, if they laughed in the most random places. Uh, timing must have been a bit off then.
0: Oh, no idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that came later. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bizarre. And then, uh, and then uh, uh, again, are we right in this, that you actually got to kick a ball on the turf at Wembley?
0: absolutely i had a small part in a oh god what was it called the film it was a lovely film um mike bassett mike bassett you've done the research yeah <laughs> mike bassett england manager and i had been called up completely by mistake by uh the manager mike bassett who was played by ricky tomlinson um and the gag was um he he drew up his team on the back of a fag packet hmm. and then he said what are these two doing here where does it say benson and hedges uh. and so i was i was benson uh, and i was the oldest uh, player in in the premier league i think supposedly <laughs> at the time uh, but we were actually on the the old wembley turf hmm. mm-hmm. uh, just before they they took it all down and Built the new mm. Wembley with the Arches. Uh, so that was a, a fantastic privilege to run out on, yeah. the, on the Wembley turf. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How fantastic. Were you cast for your football skills then? Okay. Uh, no. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> no. I didn't even actually get to kick a ball, I don't oh, think, no. but I did a lot of running up and down the touchline, getting ready, you know, getting <laughs> doing a few exercises and stuff like that, and shouting uh, abuse at the referee. <laughs>
1: Oh, that sounds like a great job. Actually,
0: it was a good gig.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's great. But I mean, you, you, and and you've you played so you know lots of theatre, lots of theatre, lots of radio, lots of voice work. Um, obviously, um, and you you seem to I think played everything from Ford Prefect in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to Iago at Othello. I mean, yeah. that would have you? Yeah, been fun. Yeah. Yeah, a, few, yeah. a few similarities there, possibly with Matt Crawford. Maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Story of my life, really. Um, even. Actually, not always on radio, but in in on TV and stage. I've mostly played kind of. I always used to say uh, I played rodents, because <laughs> rodents. <laughs> I remember I, I did two productions of Wind in the Willows, and in one I was Chief Weasel, and in another I was Ratty, and Aww. I thought, oh, this is my typecasting.
2: Oh. <laughs> uh, and even Matt is a you know. Hmm. Has, has certain rodent-like features. But how can you say this one, really, he's a tiger? <laughs> and they did, you know, Lillian and Matt were just hmm. so popular with the listeners, weren't they? Uh, why Why do you think that, I mean, apart from the fact they are both fantastic actors, but did it take you by surprise? You know, why do you think it happened?
0: Um, <clears throat> now, it, I think there's a story about how Matt and Lillian really became regulars. Because for a long time, I think I was in it before you, wasn't I? Yes, you were, yeah. But I was only in it very occasionally um, as this sort of uh, city boy had come in to... And it was a a thing, like they always do try to follow what's really happening in the countryside. Mm -hmm. Um, The city was recognising that agricultural land was an asset that was really worth having, which is why Matt came in. He was a city boy and then started um, investing in agricultural land. And that's how he got into um, dealing with Brian Aldridge. And for a few years, he would would just come in a couple of episodes a year and just whisper bad stuff into Brian Aldridge's ear. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, um, Lillian came back into it after many Mm -hmm. years uh, and... We, I think it's fair to say, Sonny, we sort of nudged it a bit, didn't we? Mm. We mm. we had the idea that mm, maybe mm. these two could get together. And it was, mm. I remember talking, asking Vanessa Whitburn, who was mm. the editor, uh, had been the editor at the time, how much it was us and how much it was the writers putting the two of us together. And she said it was very much both. Mm. The, and it's it's a, it's a fantastic thing about long-form drama like the Mm. archers the end has not been written it's the only thing we do Mm. as actors where the end has not yet Mm. been written Mm. so Mm. you're able subtly to influence things as actors Mm. so the writers write lovely stuff for you you take it but then maybe edge it a little bit in a way that you think could be interesting they if you're lucky pick up on it and run with it and I think I mean I I checked with Vanessa if that's what happened and she said Mm -hmm. yeah very much so that's Mm -hmm. that's how it happened it was sort of both the writers and and the actors pushing it a little bit until we could have a proper relationship Mm -hmm. but then there was that weird thing after we just got it together I remember Vanessa Whitburn coming to me and saying ah research tells us that because she's come from the Channel Islands (laughs) She has to go back for two years for tax purposes. Really? So, yes. So we, I think they'd just developed this storyline of this developing relationship, and then they had to put it on hold for two years that's right. until until, until that's right. Lillian could come back.
1: That's right. I do I do remember the shock uh, when I was from me, you know, when I was told that that's what was going on. because I was out. Yeah, I, I'd sort of made this impressive entrance as well. <laughs> um, all guns blazing, and then they realised this, and I think I was out then. For 18 months and they said they were very sweet they said look really sorry about this but I was out for 18 months and then obviously started to re-record again which would make up you know the two years that you're you're talking about yes it was a bit of bit of a shock but I suppose as well I think you know radio is an interesting thing isn't it um vocally I guess they probably thought oh these two will sound might sound quite interesting together just vocally and I do remember I don't know if you remember this Kim we had a scene I think it's after a, when we, we were kind of beginning to get together but in the very early stages yeah. and we had a scene um, with Jennifer and Brian and Jennifer was pretty outraged that I was wanting to bring you for supper bring you for dinner
0: uh, yeah. and
1: I think that was the first time for me personally because I mean the, the relationship was wasn't really happening then. I think it was very much in its infancy. But I remember hearing that scene when we'd done it, and I thought, Ah, yeah, I can hear now the beginnings. I can hear what they're hearing, the yeah. beginning of, of yeah. this relationship. Um, they they just the voices just blended. The character voices I think that were created just just blended as well as the characters. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. both yeah. slightly mad and um, perfect for each other in a way. Absolutely. So, um, how about Matt's voice? Because I know I'm <laughs> about my laugh and everything, Yeah, because I don't sound like, like your Matt. voice, no, how did you get that that voice? Well,
0: uh, I've got, you know how we all create narratives. I think I've got two different narratives for this. And I'm not quite sure which is the true one. Um, I'm pretty sure the first time I recorded, I had a touch of bronchitis. <laughs> so he was down there. And he was even more down there than he became later. Right. Um and even though it, it sort of fitted the character that I was playing, and the other story I've got, and I think this is a bit of an overlap. I when I when I was cast, I read the script. I'd just heard on the radio a, a guy called Philip Green, who you may remember yes. ran Top Shop, Top Shop, and all yeah. those things. And he came across as a right wide boy, a right <laughs> villain, but but quite funny with it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I sort of I think based it a little bit on him. Mm. And here's the here's the amazing thing: I think that that, that radio does because when you occasionally we do meet people who don't know we're doing the arches, and then they're interested, and then they discover you play. And pretty often people look at me, and go, Matt Crawford. Oh, no, 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 no. Because I don't look like everybody's picture of Matt Crawford. And and in my mind, when I do Matt Crawford, I sort of see Philip Green. Ah. And the weird thing is that I think most people (laughs) who listen to it get something like that themselves. You know, barrel-chested, sweat-back, dark hair. Um, a bit jowly, and and that's what I think I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know how that works on radio. It's 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 miraculous. And, but that's the one of the extraordinary things about radio. You you can play wildly different physical mm. types. Mm. I mean, both Sunny and I used mm. to do a lot of radio drama even before the Archers. And I, I think a director said to me once. Could you do your fat voice? <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you're even yeah. allowed to say that now. Um, but um, and I was once in a radio drama described as having the body of a Greek god. Nice. That is the only time <laughs> that has ever been said to me.
2: <laughs> but I <it's,
0: laughs> you can do, do it darling. on radio.
2: Well, as as we see him, Sunny and I sitting here, naked torso, looking as he does, as if he's well, reclining in marble. I, I, I would have to, to that say, was he has the the body that was the instructions was given.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, what what character breakdown were you given for Matt then? Oh, what none, Were you told about him? nothing?
0: No, none at all. That that's the extraordinary thing. I think because he was originally only a very occasional character, they told me nothing not even where he came what part of the country he came from it was clear he was a city boy and he was a he was full of himself and a bit vulgar i suppose but that was what you read from the script but they mm. apart from that i was it was just what was on the page hmm. mm. oh. Look how we filled that out. Look yeah. how we did
1: fill that out. But, I mean, that that's another sort of an interesting question. I mean, obviously, when Lillian and and uh, Matt got together, how how did that sort of, do you think, develop Matt as a character? You, you presumably were able to start to sort of look at different aspects of him that you hadn't before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because he was, as I say, you, you bring in a character like that and he's... Completely two dimensional, really, mm-hmm. and and Lillian did give him a third dimension, uh, that because this was a man who re- really had a very big heart in certain ways, um, mm-hmm. so that was another aspect to him. Um, and then later on, I thought the writers did some really clever things. Um, I remember when when we decided and. It's, it's kind of the backstory being created as you go on oh, right. yeah. um, when they decided that he was adopted. Mm. Oh, yes. And then there was that story where Lillian persuaded him to look up and find his birth mother. Okay. And what I really loved about that story was eventually he did, but instead of going down the soapy route of... Going at the, oh and that changed everything you know he became a new person and and he developed this other relationship meeting his mother was just a sort of damp squib mm-hmm. and it was you know like reality it it, it didn't fulfil all the expectations that had been built up and I really thought that was clever in the story line developers to to have something that actually felt like truth mm-hmm. it wasn't an easy look what happens now you know so th- those are the ways i think some of the, the writers did develop them both in very clever ways i think mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. they very did much. and i think you know the costa rica story for instance you know when when um you know you imprisoned in prison finally but you know you absconded i mean we had some terrifically emotional ding dong oh, yeah. scenes didn't we yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The, yeah. You know, if you'd asked me in 2004 when it was, we first got together, would we be going down those sorts of routes? I would have said no, because actually they're, not that they were superficial characters, but, you know, they were larger than life, a bit of fun. Yeah, but actually, actually yeah. it was really lovely that we were able to explore all that, I think, together. Um, and uh, and and also great, because we've known each other, you and I, for a long time, long before we became Matt and Lily, we were in a, an agency together, and as you say, we've done lots of radio together. So... That was one of the things I always cherished and loved about it. Was the fact that we, we we did know each other and and we were kind of developing these different characters. And it was always a joy to come into work and think, because I knew what you know what a good actor you were. or where are we going to go with this? What you know? Yeah. And um, yeah. They, they You're absolutely right. That the, the the writers took us um places that we didn't think that we would. No, I mean they
0: really. But it was it was sort of, there was a logic to a r- r- reason a rationale. To it, you could believe the way they took those characters, but they mm. did. They became they became filled right out didn't they,
2: yeah, in the end,
1: absolutely. which was oh, yeah. great.
2: Mm. And I think maybe from I'd not thought of it before, but from what you're just saying, Kim, I guess as listeners, we were experiencing those characters kind of developing in in real time, weren't we? Because they were. Mm they were discovering things about themselves and we were discovering that at the at the same time as you were.
0: Yeah, that is the great thing about long form drama. Mm. Isn't it? Things mm. can take place over a long period of time mm. which obviously they can't in anything else really. Mm. No. Mm. Do, do, do you like Matt? Do you know <laughs> it's it <laughs> I often you know people still sort of you know when you they, they meet you they and they discover you Matt Crawford, they go, Oh, he was such a villain, wasn't he? And my uh, my automatic reaction is, Oh, not, not entirely. <laughs> and I get a bit huffy about you know, he was such a villain. Um, would I mean, if I met him in real life, would I like him? No, probably not. Um, but <sighs> I, it's it's yeah it's a it's a difficult question because i always feel and i think actors generally do feel a bit defensive about Mm. characters Mm. they play even the bad ones Mm. because one of the things you always try to do is as an actor if you're playing a villain you try to find little bits of good and vice versa if you're playing a Mm -hmm. saint you find a little bit of naughtiness somewhere um so i yeah i think because of the three-dimensional thing i always felt Yes, I, I did have a soft spot for him. Yeah.
1: Now pretend that I'm not Lillian, and um, as I'm going to throw this question out at you, uh, do you think that he loved or loves Lillian? Loved her? Oh,
0: completely, her? Mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, I think he's still sitting there in in. Um, is it, where is it? Peru, is it? He's, he's not in Costa Rica, I know. No, um, somewhere in South
1: America, Yeah,
0: yeah, Central America, South America, yeah. Oh, I think he's pining for her. Mm. Oh. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
1: that's really interesting. I think it's
0: the one... Yeah, I think it's the, the lodestone of his life.
1: Hmm. And, and do yeah. you think he regrets, then, everything that he did? It's
0: hugely. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: I think he yeah. really regretted that. Um yeah. What he did to her and yeah. all her family.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I always reckon now, back in Lillian, um, that that definitely he is the love of her life. And I and I think it's because I always maintained, you know, when when Lillian started to have the affair with Paul, who was Matt's brother, yes. people used to say to me, "Oh, how can she do this? You know, she's with Matt." Now. And I said, "Well, actually, it was not easy for her." But in my mind, Matt and Paul looked very, very alike. And I, it, I justified it by feeling that Paul was able to give her the love that actually Matt found quite difficult yeah, to do yeah, yeah. overtly. And yes. that was why she, you know, that happened um, because you do have to justify it as, 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 as an actor, don't you? When you've been in a long term relationship on air, you know, you think, well, hang on a minute. They've come through their ups and downs. This is mm-hmm. this is quite something for her to do. Um, but I, but, you know, he's the one that always got away. Yeah. She could never quite, quite snap, you know, snare him. And well, well,
0: Matt always had a sort of emotional illiteracy, really, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah. And that was, that's probably was that me pinging? Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. He always had an emotional illiteracy, which
1: was obviously always terribly frustrating for Lillian. Today's podcast is sponsored by MTL Associates. Would you like a website but don't know where to start? Could your business do with that bit extra? It's less than you think. MTL Associates produces websites for people like you. They'll agree a fixed price for their work, starting from £50 for a five-page website using one of their templates. And after that, it can be as little as £14 a month. MTL Associates. It's you, but online. So, mm. do you... Uh,
2: do, Either of you both of you think that Lillian would forgive Matt.
1: I'm waiting. Yeah, yeah I think she would. I think yeah. I think it's I think it's very similar to what it's interesting because I don't think we've ever had this conversation actually came, have we? Um it's interesting what you're saying about your thoughts uh, about Matt and and I think she would. I I just think the um the depth of their relationship um it, it was such for her uh that yeah, she would.
0: Yeah. She, yeah. she, I, I, that's kind of what I feel that they, mm. yeah, she would have him back. And I, mm. I see Rod Stewart's just got remarried to somebody who was, he divorced years ago. So, you know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think Justin is, you know, he's got a nice big fat bank account, hasn't he? And um, <laughs> yeah. he's very happy for her to spend money and, oh, and she's got a bigger kitchen than Jennifer had and mm. all that sort of stuff. Mm. But I think she'd run away and live with Matt in a caravan.
1: Yes, yes. So, so, <laughs> so, so fascinating, so fascinating. What do you think that Matt's up to now then, Kim?
0: I think he's wheelery, wheeling and dealing in, I think it's Peru. I should know, shouldn't I? But yeah, I should I'm know. not playing him now, so I'm not doing the research, I suppose. Because um, he could, I can't remember why he didn't go back to, Oh, I think he got in trouble in Costa Rica. Mm, Um, He got into some dodgy dealings over there, didn't he? About a race track or something. Um, So he's gone somewhere else that he can't be extradited from. Yeah, Um, and I, yeah, I'm sure he's—he will fall on his feet.
1: Mm. Mm. He always does that. And he's probably hitched up with some, some woman somewhere. Um, Do Do you think? Oh no. Borrowed brow know. here I don't know I'm not <laughs> sure I'm not sure I think
0: Yeah But it would never be serious No Yeah Because no. I think Lillian is still Yeah
1: Yeah Oh we'll have to wait to see what happens well, you know, <laughs> No do you We don't We don't know Because it, it was It was great when you came back Wasn't it Was it 2017 That you came back Yeah because it, was, it was, was a
0: nice little story it was, it? Yeah, it was Yeah like yeah That was a really on nice... The Orient Express Wasn't it really Yeah Yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: He screwed yeah. over everybody in the village. He everybody
0: did. had a reason to bump him off.
1: <laughs> he did.
0: But, uh, can he come back? I mean, he did defraud Auntie Lillian, didn't he? Yeah. Out of all her nest Aunt, eggs. Auntie Christine. Auntie, Auntie Christine. Christi, not yeah. Auntie Lillian, Auntie yeah. Christine. Yeah. 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 So
1: But he had taken a If he's money done money that, yeah.
0: that's oh, it. Yeah. He's cursed forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I and a, a thing
0: he could never become, I don't think, fully part of village life. He, you know, even when we were regular. Mm. Uh, I I remember saying to Vanessa, who was the editor at the, the, the time, you know, if you put Matt in the Village Panto, I'm leaving.
2: Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> because, no, he'd never do that. <laughs> you know what
0: I mean? It's yeah. it's like that's a thing that happens to bad characters in mm. the arches. Sometimes they get softened off.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, I never wanted that to happen.
1: We could have played Matt. the rat though, Dick Whittington, couldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That would have been
2: perfect. But oh, I think that's why he was so interesting in the village, because the village yeah. couldn't tame him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lillian yeah. couldn't tame him, and the no. village couldn't tame him. The village quite used to kind of ganging up in a yeah. subtle way and getting people yeah. under their thumb. Yeah,
0: that mm. bucolic paradise sort of softens everybody <laughs> off, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Now, slightly mo- moving on um, uh, from all yeah. that. Of course, whilst latterly that you were, you were playing, Matt, you were also um, teaching, weren't you, at Bristol yeah. Old Vic School? You were a tutor there. Um, how was that for you? I mean, were you, you, you sort of bit full circle, really, going back to your early days? <laughs> <laughs> going back
0: to the place that rejected me when <laughs> yes. I auditioned, and it was years before I would admit that to anybody that I was teaching <laughs> oh,
1: really? and now you admitted it to the world yeah. no
0: yeah absolutely um, it was a great combination to be able to um, do that and do the archers because I, I ran the international course at the school so I kind of drew up my own timetable so it fitted around because, as I'm sure the listeners know, we're all freelancers on the Arches. We're mm-hmm. only booked episode to episode. So I was able to work my availability around the, the, the teaching at the school very nicely. So it was a, it was a lovely combination. Occasionally it involved a, a pretty fast drive from Birmingham back to Bristol. But um, no, it worked really well.
2: So, what, what was the international course, Kim? Was that international um,
0: students? There was a point um, where the funding that the government gave to Bristol, because it was considered one of the elite drama schools, uh, was very dependent on the number of UK students they offered places to. So, they had to stop giving places to students from uh, international students uh so they created this separate course which was mainly m- canadians americans australians a few others as well um and so i i that was it was a one year course um run alongside um, the other courses in, in the school uh so it involved very nicely nipping over to uh, the states from time to time to audition uh, applicants, uh, I I never went to Australia. Had somebody to do that for me over there, mm-hmm. and we they sent us the videos. But um, it was a it was a lovely time, actually. Lovely, it was a lovely job to be involved in, and I'm still in contact with a lot of those ex students. Mm.
2: Mm. Delightful. And when you were there, you met John Hartock, who was was he head of head of acting. He was
0: yeah a wonderful, brilliant head of acting courses at the school a wonderfully kind avuncular presence in the school um deeply caring and very good at what he did a, a real expert on Shakespeare and um yeah but yeah a real class act and, and um you well, and
1: he, of course, great, great mates. And um, you have also started your own podcast, you guys, haven't
0: you? Well, uh, from your inspiration, uh, you two. Uh, we, yeah, I've been toying around with the idea for quite a while. It's taken us ages to get together six half-hour episodes mm-hmm. of um, a podcast called How to Be Old. Um, because a bit like one stiletto in the grave, it's, 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 it, it comes a, upon you um, mm. sort of rather suddenly that, mm. oh, oh, I'm now considered aged. <laughs> I'm, I'm now one of the elderly. Mm-hmm. And it, it really hit me. I'd been in Bristol for 10 years and I came back to living in London. We might touch on the reason for that later, <laughs> uh, came back to living in London and so started using public transport, started using the tube quite a lot and discovered quite quickly that people were getting up to offer me a seat. Middle-aged women were getting up to <laughs> offer me a seat. Uh, and you think, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> you say, oh, oh, I've moved into that age bracket, have I? And it's that weird thing because if you're fortunate as i'm incredibly fortunate to be physically pretty fit still Mm. you think what are they saying when they look at me Mm -hmm. um so uh yeah i've developed certain strategies to try to avoid being offered seats on the tube and if you want to know what they are you'll have to listen to the podcast
2: (laughs) it's it's a lovely podcast it really is i've listened to the first two episodes and Mm. um it's absolutely delightful starts with a sort of monologue from you, and then you and John having a chat, and then John does a song that he's written himself at the end, and it's it, it's a very, very, very good listen. Where where can listeners find your podcast? Kim? It's
0: um, I don't know if you do you put things up on th- on. Like we haven't really actually really started seriously the process of marketing it. I mm-hmm. I don't really know how to do that. Um, it's it's you'd have to Google how to be old, all one word dot buzz sprout
2: mm-hmm. buzz
0: and then sprout all one word, which is yeah. a platform for podcasts
2: yeah dot com fine
0: so it's how to be old dot buzzsprout, dot com. Mm. and yeah, I'd love people to listen to it uh and um I don't know how these things get passed word to mouth as shared or, or mm. whatever because I think the real beauty of it at the end I think john's John writes the most wonderful songs. Mm. They're mm. funny, they're wry, they're quite moving sometimes. Mm. Uh, he's a terrific songwriter. Mm. And if 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 nothing else, I'd love this podcast to, to really get his songs more widely listened mm. to.
1: Well, I, I agree. Like Janie, I mean, I've listened to the first two, two episodes you sent them over and I love them both, but particularly the second episode. Um, Your are beautiful monologues i mean and they really are beautiful you you completely drew me in and then you guys chat you and john chat and then the, but that this the song in the second app um he wrote oh. um is just stunning and i don't want to spoil it for listeners don't you have too to much go away, and yeah. find that and listen because um and uh, uh it, and what he's cleverly done of course with the songs he writes the songs really um as a result of of the chats that you've had and, yeah. and the content of the yeah, episode, it's very that clever. Was the idea. Um, and um, so, really, highly recommend uh, people. I can't wait for the third ep. Yeah. Um, and, but we can put something out for you, can't we, yeah, on our yeah, site? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that's, that's great. great. We'll do we'll do. Put, we'll put it, it in it. the
2: episode notes. We'll put a link to it. So because when
0: we were projects. looking at, 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 you know, w- subjects for podcasts, we, we looked up, you know, the idea of, I mean, it, it was the thing that hit hit both of us, this kind of mm-hmm. suddenly discovering you're in a different age bracket. And it really hit, obviously, strongly at the beginning of COVID when we were being described as the vulnerable. Yes. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they're looking around, and sort of the stuff there is for older listeners was tended to be... Uh, how to keep fit, (laughs) and uh, how to look after your pension. And (laughs) ours is about none of that. It's just about, oh, God, how do we cope with this sort of psychological barrier of having to recognise we're now elderly?
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, that, that's really what started One Slatter in the Grave off, because it was it was my son, yeah. Jake, who, you know, of course, he was obviously much younger than us, who, who, who listens to lots of podcasts. And he said, Mum, you know, there isn't much out there for older people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he was kind of the beginning of our of, of our oh, journey. Right. And then you start to investigate yeah. that. and As you yeah, say, yeah. there wasn't um so uh but yeah really highly r- recommend um how to be old everyone Thank out you. there it it's a, it's a, it's a fabulous it's a fabulous listen but listen now th- there's a bit of a wicked rumor here um kim durham um that matt uh, might be um having a little tryst with with ruth archer um, i know it's so <laughs> weird isn't it it's, true. it's, it's so true. weird people find
0: it really hard to get their head around that um <laughs> <laughs> because and the extraordinary thing was, we were together in the arches for quite a few years. Mm. I think in all that time, we had two scenes together, <laughs> um, and and never just the two of us. Always uh, a group, and it's 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 maybe something you don't kind of compute when when you're listening to it that there are some storylines and some characters that rarely coincide so um yeah for years felicity and i would meet in the the green room and we sort of socialize a bit but we never had any on on mic relationship really Mm -hmm. at all um
1: but certainly off mic yeah (laughs) well it it developed over
0: over years and it it developed actually we were talking about bristol Vic theater school Mm -hmm. um it sort of started there really i um One of the things I did with the international students was um, Bristol's very good at doing radio, radio drama. Mm -hmm. Um, But radio drama wasn't much used for Australians or Canadians or Americans because they don't really do a lot of radio Mm -hmm. drama anywhere else except the UK, as far as I can see. Um, So my radio was more voiceover, documentary voiceover. Mm -hmm. And I had a very good woman who, who did that. And when I was booking her, oh, she! I could do it, but this this one week. Well, I've got to go to America. I can't do that week. Oh, blimey! Who do I know that could step in for that one week and um, do some documentary, radio documentary, voiceover stuff? Oh, I know. Felicity, who does as well as playing Ruth, is a is a terrific uh, radio documentary maker. That's right. Um, so I got her down for, uh, for the day. And then we had a drink afterwards and, uh, she stayed for a meal. I thought, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> now, I had an ace up my sleeve here because I was, you know, I was getting quite interested. I had two tickets for Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Ooh. now there's an offer isn't it yeah. I always buy two if I'm going to a, sort of a, a rock concert I always buy two even if I don't know who I might go with because who wants to go on their own you know? Um, so I said well you're interested and she, she was far more interested in seeing Bruce Springsteen than she was <laughs> interested in going out with me understandably <laughs> um, but that was our first um, she did come and um, yeah we enjoyed it but nothing particularly happened until quite a few weeks later. Um, but now, that was 10 years ago. Gosh, 10 years. And Bruce it? Springsteen is coming to London this summer. <gasps> uh, and especially for our anniversary, yeah. of course. Oh. So um, we've got tickets for that at an exorbitant price. Oh. Um but that will be our 10th anniversary celebration.
1: Oh, I love that. That's
0: a story, isn't it? That's a great it's
1: story. It's a fabulous story. Let's and and I have to say, um, you are two of the kindest and most wonderful oh. people. And it was, you know, it it, it, it is... Literally a marriage married in heaven. I can remember actually as before you guys got together, occasionally, you know, you'd have a break between um, Epps and things. And I can remember, I don't know why. We we often used to go out for coffee, the three of us. This is long before you got together. And I do remember thinking, oh, they're such nice people, these two. Be nice if they got together. So there you go. There you go. I weaved my magic. You Um, must have done. done. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, So it's it's, and, and in fact, we're going to be seeing you a bit later on, aren't we?
0: You and yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're we we're, we're coming oh, down okay. to you later in in yeah. the day. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's we haven't really covered this. It might be something for a future podcast. Is is like when older people get together in a relationship. Yeah. It's quite interesting.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and
0: you know, it's
1: that might be that's a really good idea for a it podcast. Is, uh,
0: yeah, but it's it's been uh, it's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Oh.
1: Well, you know, just great. now. Look, um, apart from the fact that you you've got a water, uh, an open water diving uh, qualification, uh, you also don't you, Mister Durham? You play the harmonica, because weren't you in a group at one? Oh time?
0: God, I years and years ago, when I was a teenager, really. Um, but you, but young... you
1: still, but you still play that, that very movie.
0: occasionally. I mean, I just, I have a. Few blues riffs up my sleeve. There was a band called the Yardbirds. I remember
2: the Yardbirds. I remember that. Their (gasps)
0: first album was a live album. We and basically what we did, we did covers of all their stuff, and that's 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 what I used to play. and It's not developed far beyond that, but yeah, it was a fun thing to do for it for a while.
1: Well, look, we, 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 we we there's something we'd like you to do possibly at the end of the program which we're almost there and thank you so much for being with us but one of the things that we always ask our guests is what would you like to say to your younger self
0: oh lord um <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry um
1: what i
0: suppose the the, the 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 obvious things uh, i guess like um be kind because the mm. older i get the the more i realize that Everybody is dealing with stuff yeah. that you probably don't know about. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anything else? Well, I might say to uh, keep your eye out for a little Californian setup called Microsoft uh, that will be <laughs> looking for backers uh, for their little enterprise. That's
2: a good one. Um,
0: and, <laughs> uh, and they might offer shares. Um, that would be what i'd probably say to my younger self yes that's,
2: a, that's an excellent that's thing a great one, yeah. one's younger self if only we could eh? yeah, i know <laughs> oh thank you so so much for coming on kim it's been absolutely mm. brilliant to talk to you and what a treat to have well, thank you so to have much lillian and matt reunited absolutely. And, <laughs> and to chat to you about your life so so yeah. thank you so much so,
1: would, would you be happy to do
2: you want me to You're play? Fine, now?
1: Harmonica. Would you be happy I'll to play it out of the podcast? So I'm going to say to you, and, and the listeners will enjoy this, goodbye, tiger.
0: Goodbye, cat. Oh,
2: take it away, Tiger. <laughs> take it away, blues man. <laughs>
1: for listening to our One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. If you'd like to see behind-the-scenes clips and bonus content, please visit our Facebook page, One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. And if you'd like to ask any questions, follow us on Twitter at OneStiletto65. This podcast is produced by Raggedy House Productions and the music composed by Tom Smith. See you next
2: time!